0: As I said, I'm really honored today that I was asked by Scott and, and allowed by you all to to come up with a message for today. Um, he asked me a while ago, kind of seemingly in jest, you know, oh, "Would you ever want to do that?" And you know, I'm I'm a foolish, fearless person, so I'm like, "Yeah, whatever. That'd be no big deal." Um, and then he seriously was like, "Yeah, you really want to do that?" A couple of days after that, and I was like, "Yeah, sure. That I'd I'd be I'd be honored to." Um, and so i 've been thinking for a long time about well, goodness, what would I say you know i, I don 't want to prepare something too far out that wouldn 't be topical or or wait till the last minute and get flustered and um, you know gotten my head really good with all of that um, and a few days ago i I just felt struck by, uh, by something and and sat down and, and came up with this and it 's stuff i 've been thinking about for a long time but um, I think is really important, and I mean I'll start <coughs> start out by telling just a little bit of uh, my story for those of you who don't uh, don't know me. Although I've gotten to know pretty much all of you uh, very well over the years that Cat and I have been down here in uh, North Carolina, I think we're going on year number nine now. Um, we're actually both from Pennsylvania originally. I was born just outside of Scranton in northeastern Pennsylvania, so office fans will recognize Scranton, PA, I'm sure. Um <clears throat> and by the time I came around both of my parents were saved Christian folks um had three older sisters that they regularly took to church and um and and were teaching all of us uh the the path of Christ and and those lessons um but I was about 4 or 5 years old um and all I really remember first of church was a Presbyterian church that we went to up there uh, very briefly and then we moved down just outside of Philadelphia because my uh, father got a new job offer, so we moved down there. It was actually closer to a lot of family outside in the uh, Lancaster area, so we, we grew, I grew up there, um, and I grew up there first in another Presbyterian church and learned, uh, learned things through that. A few years after that, I don't, I don't know why exactly, but we decided to, uh, switch over to a Methodist church and started going there, and that's primarily what I remember the most of, I, you know, Sunday schools there and, um, VBS there and all of that stuff, that was my, my church experience through the, through the Methodist lens um, until I was about 16 years old and I wanted absolutely nothing more to do with church and not a whole lot to do with God for that matter, um, which isn't normal at all for a 16-year-old, right? Um, <clears throat> something about church, though, really bothered me. Um, as far back as I could remember, no one could really just explain it to me in a, in a way that made sense. That why do we go to church? Why do we have to do this every Sunday? What's what's the point? Why do we have to dress up the way we have to dress up at some and and more at others? And like, what's the point? Um, And beyond that, being when I came to be about sixteen years old, um, I lost my mother, who was the most Christian person I knew in my entire life, and was dealing with a a struggle with God in general. Of you know, how could something like that be allowed to happen? How could you allow something like that to happen to this person who's working so hard for you, who's here for you every day? Um, So I had a lot of junk going on, and I was trying to process through at that young age. Um, So that went on for a while, but fortunately for me, at that moment in my life, about a year after that, and really struggling with things, I got lucky. And I met one of these Proverbs 31 women, and uh, it's true what they say, that she will bring you no lack of gain. It really is true. She's, uh, she's brought me a lot. Sorry. <clears throat> and um, she doesn't realize that, but she's really the one who brought me back to God, and to my spirit, and opened it back up in a whole new way. Um, a lot of things that were just about her and things that she was um, into and, and ways that she processed her spirit really helped me a lot so i'm very grateful for that and um, the next thing i know though here i am moving her down to north carolina Um, i got a job opportunity down here which was great so we decided well we're young we're we're married we're happy everything's going great so yeah let's move 400 miles away from everybody that we know and everything that's familiar (laughs) (laughs) um and although for 20 years of my life i lived 30 minutes away from a town called quaker town and I lived outside of Philadelphia in a region of the country that is just steeped in Quaker tradition and heritage and, you know, famous figures who I've come to find out were actually Quakers and, and so influential in our society. Um, I really didn't know a whole lot about Quakers. I had a very general kind of understanding. That's Amish country up there as well, so I'm like, okay, so they're kind of like an Amish group that uses electricity and stuff, maybe, something like that. Um... <laughs> But really embarrassingly i didn't know a whole lot about them, um, and then we moved down here to high Point, and there's every corner it seems there's something to do with Quakers um, there's all these Quaker meetings, and I was down here for a year by myself um, in an apartment while we were getting things situated, and we would visit each other and I thought one day well you know i'm I'm opening into this spiritual journey again i'm I'm getting connected again with God, but i need uh, I need Something else more than just what I'm doing at home by myself, and and uh, and I really need to dive into it, feet first, head first, the just the hole first, right? So I figured, well, why not try one of these Quaker places? I've done Methodist. I I pretty much know what I I think a Baptist is. I don't know if I'm prepared for Southern Baptist. Um, you know, I've been through Presbyterian and all that. So let's let's try the Quaker. So. Of course, I did some research online. I didn't want to show up there and offend anybody, and not understand any type of etiquette that there might be stuff like that. And and just reading about um, Quaker practice and of faith really resonated with me. Just in that short little bit of research that I did, so I felt even more comfortable that hey, this is a this is a good place I can I could fit in and and maybe get what I'm looking for. Um, so I went. The first place I went was over to Jamestown, friends. It was right around the corner from my apartment. So I went over there and, and came into a, a warm and inviting, um, wonderfully kind group of people, which you know you all know them all very well, and they're they're great folks over there, and they really introduced me well to um, the Quaker practice and, and and how we as Quakers um, open our faith to ourselves and to our community. And it was really, it was a nice experience. Um, Fast forward, Cat moves down here and we, you know, start talking about church and and where we're going to go and do we want to keep going to Jamestown and let's try some other places. So now we're we're so fortunate to be here with all of you at Deep River for the past so many years and you've all been there for us in so many ways. It's been wonderful. Um, We actually started, I don't know if a lot of you remember, we came and then uh, Cat got pregnant with Autumn. And a few weeks into her pregnancy there, she ended up on bed rest for almost half of it and couldn't leave the house. So, obviously, we didn't come to church very much. And it was really funny how we came back again after, you know, having autumn and, and getting things settled and um, dealing with all of that. And it was like coming for the first time again. Um, and it was really, it was kind of nice. Um, a few folks, you know, recognize, you guys look familiar. Have you been here before? You know, you've visited us before, haven't you? <coughs> But it, it was just so nice to see how authentic it felt, honestly. All of you and, and the way you welcome folks in and, <laughs> and greeted us again. <laughs> yeah. D- what, why, did, why do we have that up here? <coughs> We're going to have to talk to Scott when he gets back. Probably. Um. <coughs> So I, as I said, did some research and and found that Friends was really a good fit for us um, after coming in. And yet something still bothered me. Even coming to a place that really felt like a good fit um, still bugged me. Something still just didn't feel right. And over the past year, I think I figured out what it it is. Um, It wasn't going to church that bothered me. It was the fact that there isn't just one. If you look through the Bible and you read through the Bible, it talks about the church. It talks about worship. It talks about tabernacles. And there's all these churches that spring up and stuff. But I didn't remember God ever saying we had to have all these different factions. That there's a, a right way or a wrong way to um, to come together to, to worship him. And... Um, it's funny, you know, we all, we all kind of kid about it, and I heard it a number of times when I first came here and Jamestown, and I've used the line myself that, you know, well, everyone's a Quaker, some of us just don't know it yet. <coughs> and I think the opposite is actually true. Hang on big bit, I think that no one is a Quaker. I'm not a Quaker. No one is a Baptist, no one is a Methodist, no one's a Catholic, and so on and so forth. We're all just Christians. And... We kind of have gotten mixed up in all these other labels with it, but at our core, every single one of us in each of those practices of faith is ultimately practicing what? Following Jesus, following Christ, being a Christian. And what did Jesus say when he was asked what his greatest commandment was? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Those were his two commandments that he added to the original ten. But said, above all, loving God, and then above all, loving your neighbor as yourself. And of course, we all know the story, and, and Claire read the, uh, the scripture there, when they asked, well, who's my neighbor? Who's your neighbor? Is it the guy next to me? Is it the guy down the street? Is it my folks in my church? You know, Who exactly is my neighbor? And God tells the story of what? The good Samaritan, who's beaten and robbed and left on the side of the road for dead. And some folks passed him by, some folks crossed the street and just ignore him. And then one man comes along and helps him out, regardless of the fact that this man was a Samaritan and was viewed as, you know, not some of the greatest people in the world at the time. He showed that person mercy. He helped the, uh, the person who was attacked out. And the, um, Jesus asks the person who was asking him about this and who he tells this story to, he, he says, so which one of those people do you think was a neighbor? The one who showed him mercy. The one who took care of him. And what does Jesus tell us to do from that? Go and do likewise. Pretty simple, right? And I don't remember hearing him say, go and do likewise as a Quaker. Go and do likewise as a Methodist or as a Catholic or this specific way. He kept it really simple and he just said, go and do likewise. Be a good neighbor. He said, go and take care of yourself and others, no matter who they are. And we hear it in the stories of how Jesus lived his life. <coughs> just how he did this very thing and the people who followed him this way and lived this way with, um, throughout their lives, eventually they become be called Christians. And now, of course, we call ourselves all these other things as well as Christians. But that wasn't part of the instructions. What were the instructions? Love God, love yourself, don't miss that part, that's in there too, and love your neighbor as yourself. And that was it. Then he showed people exactly how to do this thing, and he died knowing full well that we were going to make a mess of it. (laughs) I mean, we were just going to screw it up all kinds of different ways. But what did he say knowing that on the cross, dying for all of us? Forgive them. Forgiveness. Right then and there, he was the best neighbor anyone could have. And he gave us the ultimate example of what to do. And like I said, look through the Bible, look at all these churches that come up. What happens whenever a church is formed? It's there for a while, but when do we hear about it? When somebody writes a letter to it, right? Right? something's going wrong, they're not, you know, aligned the right way, and so Peter gets his pen out, or, Paul, you know, someone gets a pen out and pens a letter and sends it to the church, and tells them basically, hey, you guys need to get back on track. What are you doing over here? This is, these aren't the important things. The important things, come back to Christ. Come back to those lessons. Come back to not letting your ego drive. Let Christ drive. Find the Lord's will and do it. And what is His will? Love. We're not perfect, and that's okay. Like I said, we're going to make a mess of it, and that's okay. (coughs) But we have to remember what we've been given and what we've been charged to do. Love on both counts. That's why I'm a Christian first and foremost, and I'll always come back to that. I'll always be a friend I'm grateful to be yours. I'm grateful that you were all here to teach me what that meant and how to, how to be a friend and how to be a Christian through a friend's lens. Um, it's wonderful. But I don't limit it to these walls here. I don't limit my friendship to the walls of meeting houses the world around. My friendship is limited, limitless, because I'm a Christian. Maybe it'll all turn out that this Christian thing is some terrible hoax. Maybe when I die, it'll all go black and that's it. I don't believe that for a second. Some people say that, but I just can't imagine that. But worst case scenario, if that were to be, I would still choose to be a Christian. No matter, Even if you could prove that that was what was going to happen, I'd still live my life as a Christian. Because it's a really good way to live. Where is the harm in loving everyone no matter what? It seems like the best option to me. Show me the harm in forgiving even the worst person in the world. Why not have compassion for those that hate me enough to kill me? Worst case scenario, they kill me. It all goes black and there's nothing for me. Best case scenario, I get to pal around with the likes of Jesus... And every other human, who is terribly imperfect, but loved the best they could anyway. And I get to go and know I loved even when it cost me the most, because I had faith. Not a denomination, I had faith in Christ. And that's great enough for me. So what about you? What are you first and foremost? What are we first and foremost? Why are we here? What are we charged with? And how do we go forward every day, not just on Sunday, every day? How do we go out into this world? And how do we show Christ's love through each of us? How do we show everyone that we are Christians? And that's what counts. And that is love. And that's what we're going to be no matter what.